Welcome, welcome, Buffalo. News Radio 930 WBEN. It's Beach and Company. Michael Caputo in for Sandy. He's off today like you probably are. Not getting out of your car in front of the county hall. Not running a little late for your job in Amherst. Got the day off. Hanging out with the kids. Lucky you. Lucky you. 908 here in the studios of News Radio 930 WBEN. Michael Caputo in for Sandy. And uh, what an interesting weekend. It doesn't ever get boring with Donald Trump. No question about that. Um, our, our web poll today here on WBEN, what will happen with race relations under the Trump presidency? Right now, uh, 57% say it will get better. 19% say it will remain the same. And 23% say it will get worse. Well, not quite sure if you noticed, but it got a little worse over the weekend. And uh, we're going to talk about that today. Uh, if you recall, uh, uh, we have uh, uh, Representative, jeez, uh, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, his name escapes me for a moment. <laughs> uh, we have a representative from Congress who spoke out uh, against Donald Trump and uh, and had uh, uh, an interview on on uh, on NBC where he said that that Donald Trump is not a legitimate president, and uh, it really, uh, really upset Donald Trump. And uh, he, of course, he responded via via uh, 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 Twitter to John Lewis. That's the representative's name, John Lewis. And uh, actually, it was again in my mind a setup. Let me tell you something. When I ran the radio and television newsroom in the House of Representatives, I found myself sitting opposite John Lewis many different times. Uh, Lewis was, I guess, that was twenty years ago, a younger man, just like I was. And I found him to be engaging, interesting, um, kind, uh, and you know, in, a, in an area where you know this this radio, TV newsroom that I managed in the House of Representatives, right off the floor of the House, uh, it was being run by the Democrats, and I actually worked for Democratic Speaker Jim Wright. And uh, John Lewis came into Congress right around that time. I think maybe a little longer than that. he's been there for a while now. And. They would use my office as their place for press conferences. In fact, they use that office now. You'll see the backdrop behind them uh, when uh, speaker, uh, 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 the speaker, and, and others in the House have a press conference. The Democrats and Republicans alike, majority and minority alike, can use that place. It's a common place where all the correspondents keep offices. All the networks uh, on the radio and television side all have little booths there. So all the top correspondents who are covering the House of Representatives actually office uh, in that space. And Lewis would come in for press conferences and take a seat next to my desk. Um, we, the staff area was right out in the middle of the place, right out in front of the uh, door that went to the room where the press conference was. And none of the congressmen were supposed to go into the room until it was time for their press conference because the ca cameras were all setting up to wait for them. So Lewis would come in and sit down next to one of the desks of the staffers. There were four of us there, oftentimes sitting next to me. Uh, and, and I found it to be just really engaging and delightful, but also at times kind of dour, uh, kind of, I don't know, quiet, contemplative. I found it to be extremely bright. Uh, however, back then, he was John Lewis, the civil rights leader, uh, but was not, I think, so senior in the House of Representatives. And uh, also was not at that time considered to be the spokesman for the civil rights movement in the House of Representatives. He was one of them. There were more in office then. 
uh, less now, uh, who would participate in the civil rights movement. Uh, more in office that were in Selma, uh, that were at Selma, at the march on Selma uh, then uh, than now, 20 years later. Obviously, people time out, get defeated, or just get old. Lewis himself, however, has hung on, uh, been very uh, uh, strong in his re-elections, oftentimes not even opposed. And he did this interview. Do we have that tape? Uh, uh, do we have the tape of the interview with? Uh, let, let me let's play this for you, folks. I mean, before we go to break, I want you to hear this, and we'll play it again when we get back. John Lewis in an interview regarding Donald Trump. I believe in forgiveness. I believe in trying to work with people. Um, it's it going to be hard. It's going to be very difficult. Uh, I don't see this president elect as a legitimate president. You do not consider him a legitimate president. Why is that? I, I think the Russians participated in helping this man get elected, mm -hmm. and they helped destroy the candidacy of Hillary Clinton. Well, if he thinks, John Lewis thinks, that uh, the Russians destroyed the candidacy of Hillary Clinton, actually, I don't think he believes that. I don't think John Lewis believes that. Uh, he was an ally of the of the uh, the Clinton administration when uh, when Bill was president, and uh, he may be that close to Hillary that he believes what he said. I just don't think he's. I mean, the guy's very bright, incredibly bright, and he understands that the Russians did not hack into Hillary's plane to keep it from landing in places like Michigan and Wisconsin, where she really lost this race. Um, I also think that this, you know, reliance upon the Russians did it, the Russians did it, the Russians did it, is cheap excuse making. And I know more about this than most people do because I'm the only person today on this planet who worked for both the White House and the Kremlin. I'm the only person on the planet to ever do that. And I can tell you from where I sit, from my perspective, having worked for the White House and for the Kremlin, that this was just regular, normal goings-on in the world of cyber warfare. Let me tell you something. The United States meddles in the elections of 40-plus countries every single year. Every single year. In Russia, until Putin put a stop to it, we were training the candidates who were running against the party of power. Our uh, National Democrat Institute and our, uh, our International Republican Institutes were funded by the American government to train the opponents on how to win elections, helping them set up their data banks, et cetera, et cetera, how to hold press conferences. They held candidate schools uh, to, in order to get uh, uh, you know, candidates together who could defeat the regime. This happens in many, 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 many different countries. And do we hack? I suspect we do. I don't know that we're as good at it as the Russians are, although we, I keep hearing that we have the best technology uh, in, you know, experts in the world out in Silicon Valley, but yet we still get hacked to death. Of course, Donald Trump came back at John Lewis uh, saying that uh, he's all talk and no action, which immediately, immediately was jumped upon by the left. Uh, by the social justice warriors in this nation as an attack on an esteemed civil rights leader. Let me tell you this, ladies and gentlemen. John Lewis did not attack Donald Trump on civil rights. Do uh, John Lewis did not declare uh, Donald Trump illegitimate on issues regarding civil rights. And this was not the least bit of a coincidence that John Lewis went in front of a face the nation uh, and uh, I'm sorry, uh, John Lewis went in front of uh, 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 NBC's 
uh, God bless it. I am so. Th- I got to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, I am really on my my uh, on my last legs here with a cold. So forgive me when I forget these names that come up. I won't do it all day. I promise. I'm uh, sitting here pumping the uh, decongestant, just like half of Buffalo is right now. So give me a break here. Give me a break. But I'll tell you, this was not a, a coincidence. This is not an accident. John Lewis saying something so demoralizing about the President of the United States right before Martin Luther King Day, that is not a coincidence, ladies and gentlemen. So let me ask you this. Do you think Donald Trump was right to go after John Lewis? Do you think he should have just let this one go, just this one, let it go right before Martin Luther King Day? Or do you think he was right to jump on this icon of civil rights who was clearly there to bait him into this exchange right before uh, uh, you know, basically the high holy day of civil rights. Give us a call at 803-0930, star 930 on your cell phone, 30930 on the text board. We're going to be right back after these messages here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Ah, yes, Inauguration Day, Inauguration Day. That's Friday, ladies and gentlemen. You could almost hold your breath. You could stand on your head and spin quarters until we finally get rid of Barack Obama. This is that downdraft, the, the, the downslope we've all been waiting for when we could just basically take our foot off the gas and coast in to a nice, different America. Finally, get rid of this feckless president and his embarrassing foreign policy that's put us in harm's way like never, ever before. Yeah, I am, I'm going to the inauguration. That'll be fun. We can talk about that too. Uh, uh, but you've got me until noon today. And uh, Sandy will be back tomorrow. Let's go right to the phones here. Pat, give us a call from the cell phone. Pat, how you doing? Good, Michael. How are you? I, I'm really surprised at some of the things you say because I know you don't believe them. Uh, I, I know that they're just things that partisans say, and that's not a bad thing to be a partisan. Like the statement that, oh, geez, the, the Russians didn't stop a plane from landing in Michigan. Uh, Michael, you know that most campaigns aren't won on campaign stops. It's the money that into advertising. And when you have a media that so willingly bits into the Julian Assange stuff, and according to the, I know it's not Michael Caputo and Donald Trump, well, Donald Trump does agree that, yes, the Russians played a part in this. But when you have uh, a Julian Assange and the Russians and then the media biting like goofballs on every single piece of gossip that was said by uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz and the rest, none that were out of the ordinary for any campaign. I mean, if you think that's the case, if you think these were so out of the ordinary and that the Republicans don't have memos like this and things said like this, then why not just have Rice Rents release his emails from the same period? Because you'd find that the same things were being said. This is uh, uh, gossip and, and talking points and strategy by a Democratic committee. Let me also point out that here in Western New York and throughout the football world, people were so upset with Tom Brady for deflating the football. He claims he didn't. To this day, he claims he didn't. And forever there will be that asterisk next to Tom Brady's name in that Super Bowl win for the deflation of that football. He served a four-game suspension, you know, went to the federal courts. So if we're going to hold Tom Brady to that simple standard for such a stupid game, why wouldn't you want to put an asterisk? next to this election and say, well, it, we will really never know uh, how much the Russians played a role in it. Although, 
just like the Super Bowl, the outcome wouldn't have changed. Nobody's saying that. Nobody's. Uh, no, no, that's not true. That's not true. We see the first, the furthest left of leftists saying that the, that she probably would have won. John Lewis didn't say that. No, he didn't. I'm not saying John Lewis. I, I don't think he's the furthest left of leftists. Okay, so then, so then, what John Lewis said is nothing that you guys haven't said about a football player. Mm-hmm. It's a little different, as you know, Pat. Tell, tell me how it's different, Michael. Dick. First of all, let me go back to what you said. Okay, okay. Um, on uh, I'm p- pulling it up here uh, on July 25th. 2016, I tweeted the following. Sure, we're having fun with the WikiLeaks DNC leak, but this is a provocation by by the Kremlin and Russia and must be dealt with stat. I said this on July 25th. I got in trouble for it because Brian Fallon, the the uh, uh, the press secretary for Hillary Clinton's real uh, election, uh, copied me and tweeted it out and said, Trump is pretending the Russians aren't behind the DNC hack, but his former top advisor just agreed they are. You can imagine pat that i got a little blowback from new york city when i put that out there but i'm telling you and i told anybody who's ever listened to me on this station that wikileaks plays footsie with russia and that the gru and other sub elements of the intelligence community in russia supplies them with information just like other governments do other government actors do anybody who knows anything about the intelligence community who's a specialist in it uh, like i was uh, who's, who understands the, what, what Russia is doing and is a specialist in Russia like I am, will tell you uh, that WikiLeaks is influenced by and sometimes controlled by Russia. There's no question of that. Why Donald Trump and the, and the Trump campaign, why didn't they come around to that opinion until just this last week? I'll tell you why, Pat. Because Donald Trump did not have access to the intelligence saying otherwise. Because Donald Trump saw this as an excuse-making opportunity for the Democrats to take away credit from him and from his organization for winning this election. And that's exactly what they've done. I don't think that they've handled it really well. I think that they could have stood up and said a couple of weeks ago that, sure, the Russians had a hand in this, and they need to stop doing this as a predicate to improve relations. That's the right answer there. That's the right answer. Well, well, perhaps, except, uh, again, an answer is there. And again, he didn't listen to somebody who's got as much expertise as you. No, you know, I'll tell you what. I mean, I in Trump Tower, I was the most experienced Russian hand in Trump Tower. I spent more time on the ground, lived there for most of a decade, and I still, to this day, probably have more time on the ground than anybody involved with Donald Trump. So all that being said, Michael, if you said this back in July, mm-hmm. it took him until last week to come around to it. After the intelligence community had issued a communique on uh, October 8th, Indicating that the Russians had uh, played or were trying to play a significant role, and that's the date, October eighth, um, when the Department of Homeland Security and the National uh, Intelligence uh, Group uh, issued that press uh, release. Uh, why did it take him so long? If he's not going to listen to guys like you? Well, first of all, I was gone 20, uh, thirty-five days by the time uh, the the DNC hat came out. Um, I had left the campaign. In fact, I had left the. Uh, uh, the convention uh, under fire uh, because I was in a huge brawl with the uh, campaign manager Corey Lewandowski, and when he left, we you know I I was on my way out the door as well. It was a brutal, br- brutal environment. I mean, campaigns are tough, Pat. This was, the, and I've been on dozens and dozens of campaigns. This was the most difficult one I've ever been on, and I've worked in third world countries. It was very, very difficult. When you leave a campaign, typically. Your, your, your advice and counsel is no longer uh, requested. So Donald Trump wasn't following my Twitter feed. Uh, 
It wasn't asking me about this. I will tell you what Donald Trump did do, Pat. Here. Let me, and I've known Trump for some years, and he knew of my experience in Russia. Uh, one time over a meal in Manhattan with, with Mr. Trump, um, he, 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 you know, let, let me back up a bit. Donald Trump knew of my time in Russia, knew that I worked for the Kremlin, knew that, uh, that I was involved in elections and business in Russia. And only one time, this one time over dinner, did he ever ask me any question about Russia. The question was, what was it like to live there? It was dinner conversation. He didn't follow up with, what do you know, who so, this guy, that guy, the other guy, this guy, that guy. Donald Trump was curious about Russia, but didn't have the level of experience with Russia that the Democrats have been saying that he has. He has no, at that time, no contact at all with, with the Kremlin. Zero, zip, nada. And all of the talk about him being somewhere, some kind of nexus between him and Putin, is pure, unadulterated crap. Can I say crap on the air? I can say crap on the air. It's pure crap. It's crap coming out of the uh, out of Hillary Clinton's campaign designed to discredit Donald Trump. C R A P, Pat. Pure crap. You know who Hillary Clinton said was the chief liaison was one of the chief liaisons between uh, uh, Vladimir Putin and Donald Trump, Pat? You know who she blamed that on? Me. Me. And uh, I can tell you this. Uh, Vladimir Putin doesn't want to give me the time of day. It's complete fabrication, zero zip. And the only reason you and I are talking about this, Pat, is because Hillary Clinton put 50-plus million dollars into passing this lie around to try and discredit Donald Trump. And it's crap, Pat. C-R-A-P, Pat. Which, are you saying that they didn't get involved in the election then? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying, sure, I, I knew on July 25th, as I read you from my Twitter feed, I knew that the Russians were likely behind the WikiLeaks uh, hacks. Let me tell you this, Pat. They, uh, we had 11 hacks during the uh, Obama administration. My own personal information is now in Chinese hands because I had a, I have a, a security clearance. Now in Chinese hands because the Chinese hacked uh, the Office of Personnel Management. They, we were hacked 11 times, confidential databases breached by hackers 11 times during this administration, and never once, never once did the president do anything in retaliation. He waited until he was leaving because his political party and his chosen candidate was hacked. They were fished, Pat. Here's the fact. Fact, fact, fact. Hold on, Pat. Fact. Hold on, Pat. Fact. Fact. All right? The RNC, they tried to hack the RNC, too, and failed. You know why? Because we had consumer level protection at the RNC. The Democrats were serving it up on a platter. Hillary Clinton had her emails on a, on a darn uh, server absolutely unprotected. Pat, if your party doesn't know how to protect its backside, you can't be upset when you get it kicked. Pat, can you hang on? I want to talk to you after the break. Okay, hang on. We'll be right back after these messages, ladies and gentlemen. Here on News Radio 930, WBEN. Welcome back to Beach and Company, Buffalo, and Metro Toronto. (laughs) 
News Radio 930 WBEN 936. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Caputo in for Sandy Beach. Sandy is back tomorrow, has the holiday off, which I'm guessing you do too. Um, I wanted to bring back Pat, who called in at 803-0930, star 930 on your cell phone. Pat, I'm not the kind of uh, talk show host that goes on a rant and then leaves you in the dust. I want to give you the opportunity to respond. Um, I'm, I'm, just to remind the listeners, I'm saying that this Russia stuff is fake. I'm not saying Russia didn't hack, but the fact that, I mean, the the opinion that Russia somehow tilted the election. You know, Pat, that that's not the intelligence committee is not even saying that. Oh, we lost Pat. We lost Pat. I don't know what happened there. Uh, anyway, I'm going to go uh, 8030930. Start answering your cell phone, Pat. If you're listening, do call back. I'll pick you back up again ahead of the line but let's go to kathy in somerset at 803-0930 start entering your cell phone kathy thanks for calling in hello kathy i think we're having some technical difficulties no kathy hello kathy well let's go on to virginia in williamsville i think kathy's uh taking a nap virginia how are you good how are you good I am calling in to tell you I think that Trump should have left this Joe Lewis thing go just this one time so that we could all focus on the inauguration. Yeah, I wish he had. Mike, yeah. And we could have had such a happy time this week focusing on, oh, this, oh, that. And if he could just let Putin go, too, for the week, Mike, there's enough turmoil in the world without... This coming up on the inauguration. It's but let me tell you why, Virginia, if you don't mind me interrupting. Please. Let me tell you why I'm not totally upset about it. Because if, if uh, Mr. Trump had called me and said, what do I say to John Lewis? I'd have said, let him go. Because two things. Number one, this is not about civil rights. It's about the election. And anything you say to John Lewis will be will be taken in the pr- in the prism of civil rights because he is uh, 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 even though some make note that he was kind of a, a JV player in the uh, in the civil rights movement he is uh, he is a, you know one of the last living leaders of the movement and anything you say to him is taken in the perspective in the prism of civil rights. And number two, I am quite certain, beyond a shadow of a doubt, only from my experience, not because I have proof, that John Lewis was put up to this by the Hillary forces. Yes, you said that. You know, and and I believe that he was put out there to ruin, uh, uh, you know, this important civil rights celebration weekend for Trump. I mean, Trump, if you heard the news today, he has canceled his visit today to the African American Museum in Washington. I heard. Mm-hmm. And and then that gives us a hangover all the way until the inauguration when everyone, including Chuck Todd and others uh, from NBC and all the other networks, will say Donald Trump, you know, like a golf, you know, uh, commentary, Donald Trump taking the oath of office one week after insulting civil rights icon, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, and it's just John Lewis is not Martin Luther King, but he is certainly somebody who fought in the trenches with him. Now, would would Martin Luther King have said this president is illegitimate? I don't know. I can't put words in his mouth. But when you look at the partisanship coming out of John Lewis, it has nothing to do with civil rights. It's all about delegitimizing the next president of the United States. You have to wonder if that is something uh, that, a, a, that a great man like Martin Luther King would do. Right. I agree. I know. I, I wish he had left it go, Virginia. But here's the second thing. The reason why I'm not totally upset about it. For eight years, 
of of uh, George W. Bush, the administration let every single attack on it, most of the attacks on the administration, go. Let them go by. And just said, it's not presidential to reply. And during the uh, the, uh, the times of, uh, let's say, uh, the, the McCain candidacy and the Romney candidacy, oftentimes attacks like these were let go. Just, to, you know, if you just ignore it, it'll go away in, in, a new, in one day or two news cycles, right? But every single one of those attacks that went on and unanswered during the George W. administration and during the candidacies that, that followed him for president, that went ans- those, those accusations stuck, Virginia. They stuck. Mm-hmm. And Donald Trump told me more than one time, that that will not be, he will not let that happen during his presidency. During his presidency, would never let that happen. He will never let any negative, any accusation go unanswered. Now that's going to look different. It's going to look very, very different. And you and I, Virginia, are going to be a little bit upset on days like today. And we'll have to get along with it, right? I think we have to accept it because Donald Trump is not going to change. You want you, you remember Donald Trump came of age, came up in the most aggressive media uh, 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 arena in the world. And I've worked in every single major media market on the planet. Mm-hmm. And there is nothing as brutal and damaging and, and, and bloody as the New York City media. Not just the tabloids, the New York Post, the New York Daily News, but the TV stations who act like tabloids. They follow you around. They run after you down the street. They, they try and get in front of you so you can't move. I remember when I was with Carl Palladino at a, at a, at a, at a, uh, the, the, the Columbus Day March, the Columbus Day Parade that's annual celebration of Italian Americans and others. In New York City, Carl was surrounded by 35 reporters, about 17 or 18 cameras, and they wouldn't let him move. Mm-hmm. And the police wouldn't help him. Mm-hmm. The most aggressive media market in the world. Mm-hmm. They will eat you alive. And Donald Trump didn't just survive in that arena. He thrived in that arena. Yeah. And the media in the, in, the, in the newsroom, in the White House, have never been up against a guy like this, ever. Because he does not let get let anything get by. the The reason he thrived in that environment is he didn't let people get away with denigrating him. Yeah, yeah. And it's Stand. it's a new day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a new day. This is a new president. This president's not going to let his policies, himself, his family, or his party get run down by the media and uh, that and, and I'm sorry by the left and by the complicit media. He's not going to let it happen. Mm-hmm. And that's why John Lewis tempted him. And, and, and got him to do exactly what he wanted to do because Donald Trump knows that John Lewis did not talk to him, did not insult him on civil rights, did not insult him on his attitudes toward uh, minorities. He insulted him on his legitimacy as president, and that deserved a response. Yes, yes, I agree now. You know? And, and, and yet the, the left set the trap, and as soon as Donald Trump put his foot in the trap, they said, look, he's attacking a civil rights icon on the same weekend as Martin Luther King Day. Look how awful. He, no sensitivity. And the, you can hear the hand-wringing over the, over the airwaves. You can hear it mm-hmm. because that was the whole setup. But here's the fact, Virginia, and we're going to have to go on a break here. Yes. Here's the fact. These setups have happened one after the other, after the other, after the other against Donald Trump. He's taken the bait every single time. One thing I can tell you, he knows it's bait. He knows it's bait. He doesn't care Mm -hmm. what they think of him. Mm -hmm. Does not care. He never cared all of his years in the New York City. Does not care. 
Never cared a whit about what these people think of him. And he knew for a fact that this was not about civil rights, and he wasn't going to let these social justice warriors get away with setting him up and, and, with a, and then trying to turn it into a civil rights argument. It's not. John Lewis was, uh, did something despicable, and he said that the, pres- the next president of the United States is not legitimate. Despicable. That deserved a response. And the fact that the social justice warriors out there and making it about civil rights on Martin Luther King Day, that's just spin. Mm -hmm. And you can't can't fall for it. Don't fall for it. Yes. I thank you for taking my call. Virginia, you have a great day. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm a little I'm a little I'm a little ticked today. And uh, uh, I, I'm hoping uh, uh, that I uh, that I answer your questions. I'm hoping you'll call at eight zero three zero nine thirty. Start answering your cell phone three zero nine three zero on the text line. Uh, I'll I'll do my best to be calm about this, but I am ticked. I am absolutely over the moon about this thing. This John Lewis thing is abysmal, abysmal stuff. And all of you friends of mine in the, in the uh, who are out there in Buffalo who are listening online who believe. That that, that that this was about civil rights, I'm calling you out. It's not. It's a setup. Donald Trump, Donald Trump took the bait because he will take your bait every time, and he will pound you into the ground. And you know what's going to happen in retribution of Donald Trump? Nothing. Nothing. We finally have a president of the United States that's going to call you out on your crap. C-R-A-P, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back after these messages here on WBEN. Michael Caputo in for Sandy Beach. Sandy's off today. You'll have him back tomorrow. It is 9.52 here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Welcome to Beach and Company, folks. We're going to have a nice, calm, and civil conversation today. Uh, in fact, uh, if you follow, let me see, uh, there's a, uh, an online poll on WBEN.com. What will, you, what will happen with race relations under the Trump presidency? Right now, it's 43% get better, 37% remain the same. 20% get worse. That's on WBEN.com. Log in there. Uh, give us an answer because uh, that's, I think, I'll bet that's that's pretty close uh, to the reality of things, although I think we're probably, since it's WBN, we're a little tilted toward Donald Trump. But I'm going to call out to Pat, who I was talking to, kind of went in a rant when I spoke to him. Pat, give us a call back when we've got a line available. I'll grab you right away. Um, but we're at 803-0930, star 930 on your cell phone. Also, three... Zero nine three zero, which is our text board. I can't avoid looking at that text board. It's bigger than life, right in front of me. Uh, one texter said the Democrats and Obama have used race in every issue and overplayed it, so it doesn't have the same effect as it used to, even on Martin Luther King Day. Unfortunately, another texter: I believe Obama has done more harm for race relations than anyone in modern times. We should also talk about that as well. That comes from Landslide Dan. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a very strong opinion about this, but I also have a lot of friends who are not agreeing with me on this issue. I mean, I come from a a kind of, a you know, even though I'm a conservative since I was old enough to spend my own money, um, I have a lot of friends on the left side of politics. Uh, One of them in particular, actually a lot of them get into it with me, uh, with my friends as well, with you. On Facebook, if you follow me, Michael R. Caputo on Facebook. Also on Twitter, I, I'm, I get it quite a bit from Hillary supporters and DNC supporters, at Michael R. Caputo. One person in particular that takes on all my conservative friends on Facebook 
is a gentleman named Rob Hickman, who I've known for a lot of years, and I've asked him to join me at 10 o'clock today on the air. He's out of Washington, D.C. He's a reliable liberal, uh, very much uh, against Donald Trump's words uh, with John Lewis. And uh, it'll be an interesting conversation at the top of the hour. But right now I want to go to Michael in Lackawanna. Michael, thanks for hanging on. How you doing? Okay. Um, I want to talk briefly about Seth Rich. Mm -hmm. I think he is the real DNC hack. I think it came from inside the DNC. And if so, maybe that's why Seth Rich was murdered. Well, isn't let me ask you, and I've heard this for a while, and some of my dear friends like Roger Stone and others believe that it's true that he was the source and then therefore got murdered. Uh, and you have to believe, A, that the Clintons and their supporters are capable of murder. Uh, do you think that they're, the Clintons are not beyond murder as a solution? Uh, no. Okay. And then you also have to believe that somehow Seth Rich was discovered, set up, and then murdered. Do you think that happened? And we we don't you know the police who said uh, you know they're still trying to figure out this thing. Um, we people who first of all uh, Assange says he will never reveal his sources even in death, but he says it's an insider. Uh, and so for you, two plus two equals four. Yeah, I don't believe in coincidences when it comes to anything significant. Yeah, you know, I get that, Michael. I I I just happen to be one person who does not believe that the Clintons are capable of murder for their own designs. I, I know there's a lot of reasons to believe that. I get it. I mean, some of my best friends are very critical of, uh, of, the, uh, of what the Clintons are very capable of doing. Yeah, I, I get it. One point about the Russians. Let's say sure. it's all true that they're the ones who did it. Then what the Russians are guilty of is providing American voters more information and basically what the establishment media is complaining about is that the voters were too informed. That's interesting, you know, and I've, I've seen that talked about online and on, on the news. The fact of the matter is, we're, you know, the Republicans cannot get the kind of, let's say, wounded Democrats who were so certain that she was going to win, that Hillary was going to win. They're not going to get anybody to focus on the content of the emails because, in my opinion, Michael, the, the hacking of American systems – Private and public, you know, government systems is a, is a significant problem that that uh, that President Obama never addressed, never once addressed yeah, until he, until it was his party that got hacked. They thought they were going to win. That, of course. So the fact is, I don't think we're going to get people to focus on the content in hindsight over the hack because the content was considered during the election and people maybe it affected their minds maybe it didn't you know listen michael you and i saw every one of these you know i, I don't know if you'll remember but i was on the air the moment they they announced that uh that james comey the fbi director had reopened the uh the uh the investigation to hillary clinton and i could not stop laughing because i knew that was the end of it for her i knew it. what really hurt hillary was comey that's what hurt Hillary in my mind. I don't see anything, what well, one thing that came out of these hacks, uh, and that was a, 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 message, a, a memo from Doug Band, who was in charge of the Clinton Foundation, uh, on how he managed to monetize these donations into profit for the family. Yep. That was damning stuff. Yep, very it, damning. She took tens of millions from foreign governments and laundered it through the Clinton Foundation. That, to me, is espionage. It's interesting because I was attacked yesterday on Facebook by a leftist who said the Russians hacked 
the the Democrats and 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 her and her campaign chairman, and then put out a bunch of lies and half truths about her uh, uh, that people believed. There is not one not one of those leaks from WikiLeaks was disproved. Exactly, nothing was disputed about the content of the emails. Not one thing. Yeah. Not one thing. And for them to start revising history. I mean, they're doing it already. They're going to try start this drumbeat. And here's the fact, Michael, and we learned this from, as I said before, from George W. and from the candidates who came after him, that if we let this stuff sit, let this sit, it's going to dry like cement. And therefore, the the facts in hindsight will be that Hillary Clinton uh, was, was uh, hacked by the Russians and they put out a bunch of false information about her and she lost the election. Before I uh, part company with you here on the phone, I just want to make the point about what the real 2016 hack was. Mm -hmm. Real 2016 hack was the extreme blatant bias in the media. It really was, and 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 I think that that was. I think it probably affected Hillary a little bit when they revealed these uh, sycophants emailing, uh, you know, basically puckering up and emailing uh, John Podesta and others. Uh, regarding you know what they would do in order to get special uh, access, um, that goes on has been going on for decades. Happens all the time, mostly on the left, because the reporters graduate from our leftist universities, and uh, that's where they get uh, get their bias. I think you're absolutely right, Michael. Thank you. The 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 media was the big news, the media, and that's what came out, and they're the ones that got damaged. Absolutely. Michael from Lackawanna, thanks a lot for calling in. If you're on the line, hold on. I'm going to take your call after these messages here on News Radio 930 WBEN.